Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 22 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Uh, pretty good, man. Right on. Uh, t- pretty good, yeah. I uh, recently survived some sort of like horrifying 48-hour death plague Oh yeah, uh, we know. were we were actually going to record this a few days ago. Yeah, but we yeah, didn't. dude, it's the first time ever. I actually I left work like midway through the day. Like I taught my first two classes, I had like a grading period, got about like halfway through that, and then I went from completely fine to wrecked in the space of about half an hour. I had to get somebody to cover the rest of my classes. Came home, hit the couch for like a solid. I don't. I, I didn't get out of the couch when I got home. And then uh, I slept for like 12 hours. I woke up the next day, felt like basically fine, but still didn't go to work. And then I was back at work today. It was bizarre. Yeah, dude. I had one of those a few, uh, about a month and a half ago. I was just sitting at my desk and it was close enough to the end of the day, but I was just sitting at my desk and I basically turned my head and realized like, oh, I was 100% fine. And right now I'm sick. <laughs> like yeah. there was no transition. I, there was just like a switch that flipped. Anyway, uh, we are derailed super early this week. Um, so, Dave, we're watching episode 22 this week. Episode mm-hmm. 22 is titled The Great Secret Art of the Tiger Cub. But before we get into that, shining into the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Well, Matt, our first star of the week is that it's uh, Valentine's Day on Saturday. Yes, Yes, happy Valentine's yes, Day it is. to everyone in uh, the Super Sentai Happy Valentine's Brothers Day land. out there to all you lovers. Yeah, no, it's, super, it's uh, Valentine's Day. Look forward to it. Uh, Beth and I, Beth, my wife, and I celebrate Valentine's Day. It's nice. As like, do growing most up, couples. Right, all right. Well, you know, like growing up, uh, I was never like a Valentine's Day person. Like I just didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it just was not a thing, like, in our family. Right. Well, I mean, you know, growing up, we were both, like, always single, so... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there okay. was not really much opportunity to well, this celebrate is, Valentine's this is, okay. Day. This is actually why I like Valentine's Day a lot more now than I did. Because apparently, that is not universal, that it is only for, like, couples. In Beth's family, Valentine's Day is sort of like it's a, it's like christmasy a little bit okay in the sense that like you know it's nice to be like giving and generous and thoughtful all year but in Christ, during christmas you know you pay like extra attention to doing those things right yeah fun all right yeah you know like that's kind of the idea and so valentine's day is not just for couples you know you should love people around you all year but uh, Valentine's Day, you pay, like, a little extra attention. So, like, they had, like, presents and, like, all sorts of stuff. Like, it was, like, a big thing. So when we got married, Beth was like, Valentine's Day is this big thing. And I'm like, no, Valentine's Day is sort of boring and awful. Yeah, Valentine's Day is a day that it is hard to go to a restaurant, but you feel obligated to go to a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. We actually we are going to a restaurant uh, we're going to Jonathan Sawyer's new Italian place, and I am super excited about it. That is super exciting. Jonathan Sawyer, if you are not aware, is like a James Beard winner, like Best New Chef in America a couple of years ago. He has a couple restaurants in Cleveland. Um, he's a genius. He's, all of his food is delicious. If you live in or even close to Cleveland, you should make the trek to eat at his restaurants. Uh, that is a stone-cold fact. That is some good food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super good. But anyways, so it's nice. No, that is nice. Yeah, my so, uh, but, you know my Valentine's Day plans. Since I am a, a single man, um, is that I am going to be sitting around spending a few hours catching up on professional wrestling. You know, Matt, that also sounds nice. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I'm I'm like a month and a half or so, not quite a month and a half, 
uh, at least a few weeks behind on watching NXT. Which That's weird. Is, it's not. It's unlike you. Well, you know, I've had some other things going on, and it's uh, it's I've missed it. But the reason, <laughs> the reason that I need to get back caught up on it now is that this Friday, Dave. I don't know if I've told mm-hmm. you this yet. Uh, tickets go on sale, my friend, because okay. NXT is coming to Cleveland in March. Oh, no yeah. way. That's awesome. Which is great. Because, no, you, I did not know that. Um, so far as I know, they don't really tour. Like, um, some of those dude, dudes I... will go out, but, like, mostly they are just down at Full Sail University down in Florida, and that's it. Um, Wait a minute. Is this just uh, real quick? There's no possible way that this is connected to, like, the video game design studio school full sale university is there man i don't know uh, it is full sale university that is where nxt like the ring is no kidding i don't okay. know really anything else about full sale university but uh that's where right they do i don't know of, like, i'm gonna and land on each other and you know shout into microphones right on um, uh it looks like sorry i'm looking this up for like three seconds there is just is a full sale university, and it is down in Florida. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because the uh, the WWE yep. sort of like training center is down in Orlando area, I think, and I think that's yes. right where it is. Yeah, no, no. Here we go. Um, lay, later that year, in 2012, World Wrestling Entertainment began filming all its episodes of its internet show WWE NXT, as well as the television shows for its development territory NXT Wrestling at Full Sail University. So there you go. Yeah, and so they're always in that one arena, but for reasons I don't know, maybe because I'm behind a bit, they're coming to Cleveland. But like, last time I went to a wrestling <laughs> show in Cleveland, awesome. um, it was at the uh, the old gun. Uh, what is it now? The Q, the gun, whatever. It's the Gund Arena where the Cavs play. Yeah, um, no, I gotcha. And it was very cool. But when they're when NXT is coming, they're not going to play at the Gund. They are going to the Agora. Which, Seriously? if you're not from Cleveland, the Agora is like a is a concert place. It's like you know, it's where you go see rock shows. Um, yeah, and it's not a big venue. No, and that's what I'm really excited about because when I went to go see TLC in November, you know, like the ch- tickets weren't cheap, and I was you know halfway across the stadium from what was going on at the Agora. Like you can pay like a fifteen dollar like general admission charge, I think, to the event. And there is no place in that building that was as far away from the ring as I was at the queue. So wow, yeah, nice. it's going to be great. So I don't know what you're doing on uh, March the sixth, but if you're not doing anything else, I let me make a recommendation that you come with me and we can have a good time and watch some wrestling. Yeah, no, that sounds super rad. Um, okay, maybe you could. Whatever, we will talk about this later off the air. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. You should watch some NXT before that, so we know what's going on. Right on. Well, it's probably not it? with me because I'll be watching it on Valentine's Day, and you, as, yeah, as well, previously no, stated, have doing plans. other things. Uh, so wait, when is the thing? It's March sixth. Is when they're going to be at the Agora. okay. Well, yeah, you and I'll I'll come over on a Saturday or something. You can sort of like run me through it. I like I like wrestling enough that I like I will I will be I will delightedly watch it if it's on, mm-hmm. but I don't love it enough that it like ever makes its way up and I like my like priority list. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you mean. I go in and out a lot um, with how much I care about it. But the one thing that I do sort of regular, like routinely watch is NXT. Cause, yeah. Because yeah, sounds... honestly, you've told me it's, it's pretty bonkers. Like not only is NXT <laughs> great, it's also like only an hour a week as opposed to Monday Night Raw, which is like three hours that gets cut down to about an hour and a half, and half of that is just people shouting at each other and not actually wrestling. So, <laughs> like, in NXT, they don't cut anything. It's just the full show. You get it once a week, and it's all gold. So, anyway, I'm going to stop trying to, like, proselytize about NXT. Uh, but that's the second star of the week. <laughs> well, Matt, this entire show is basically basically just proselytization for uh, hilarious bonkers media that's true. that you enjoy. So we both enjoy now, but I don't think you need to feel bad about that. Actually, speaking of proselytizing about media that we both really enjoy, Matt, let's move to our third star. Yeah. So, Dave, what is our third star of the week? Our third star of the week, Matt, is uh, all sorts of comic book stuff. Yeah, it has been. It's a- not like any one big thing. There's just like a lot of stuff going on. 
Yeah, well, it's not any one big thing. It's like three big things. Well, okay, yeah, that's probably a better way to say it. So I mean, the first big thing is uh, Marvel's Secret Wars. There's not like, as far as I can tell, I've been looking around. As far as I can tell, there's not like a ton of info on this, but this is cool because it is of interest not just to comic book fans. Uh, it is also of interest to people who are just like just sort of uh, movie fans, like who are really only following the Marvel sort of like cinematic slash television universe. Yeah, because I think, again, my understanding of what this new Secret of War, Secret Wars event is going to be is kind of vague. But what it looks like they're doing is they're taking all of the different... Like everything. Like all the different sort of like facets of Marvel. Like, you know, the main universe, the ultimate universe, the cinematic universe, yeah, all the sort of alternate timelines... And they're just mashing them together. I don't know what that mash together is going to look like. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I'm really curious about it. Like, I'm excited to see kind of what it is. Because there's just, I mean, like a ton of ways that it could go. At any rate, what I hope happens at bare minimum is that it becomes easier to understand that Bishop, Cable, and like Rachel Gray Summers, Phoenix Marvel Girl whatever you're calling her this week, whatever. are all from separate dark X-Men futures and not the same dark X-Men future. Oh my gosh, dude. I love Although X-Men. I guess, okay, Cable is not from a dark X-Men future. He is from standard X-Men present and then gets sent forward into a dark X-Men future to deal with his techno-organic virus. But then he has to deal with Apocalypse but it's not the Age of Apocalypse, which is a separate timeline, but not a dark future, but actually a dark present caused by a tampered with past. Matt, I, uh, you know, I would not have called you out on that. I'm sure that there are listeners that we have that would have noticed. Hey, listen, and- I'm just trying to lay everything out on the table here, Dave. <laughs> I'm not saying they would have been wrong to notice. I'm just saying that I personally wouldn't have called you out on it. Anyway. But I admire your that was a pretty that was a pretty succinct uh explanation there. But yeah, so I think they're just kind of like mushing everything together. I know that the Marvel universe is gonna disappear. I'm really curious. Okay, I'm actually super curious as to what that means for Spider Man. Because because because. Uh so Ultimate Spider Man is was Peter Parker. Right. Peter Parker dies in the Ultimate Universe, right? Mm-hmm. And is replaced by Miles Morales. Correct. Um, and Marvel got a ton of good cred, very deservedly so, I think, for making him. He's um, he's mixed. He's like of mixed ethnicity. He is African American and uh, Latino. Okay. Yes. And so, but Peter Parker in the main Marvel universe is not dead. See, now so, this is my question because if you have you looked at the map of Battle World, uh, I haven't. Okay. In the map of Battleworld, like, the New York City of the main Marvel Universe is next to the New York City of the Ultimate Universe. Okay. Wait, let me pause you for just a second and finish this thought before I completely lose it. Okay. Basically, I I can't see them, like, killing off Peter Parker to replace him with Miles Morales. But I also think, from a PR standpoint, that they probably do not want to get rid of... Miles Morales. You oh, what I'm saying? yeah. I mean, not just a PR standpoint. From what I understand, that book is great. You know what? I haven't actually had a chance to read it, but yeah. I'm honestly, uh, I, fell, I fell it? out I remember... of reading the Mar- the uh, Ultimate stuff a few years ago. But like, from what I understand, the existence of Miles Morales is kind of the only thing that had been keeping the Ultimate Universe alive. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was writing that book? I remember hearing it and being like, oh, yeah, that'll probably be good, and then never reading it. Oh, Bendis. I mean, Bendis has written every oh, issue Bendis of is, Ultimate okay, Spider-Man. Right on. Since, oh, fantastic. You know, okay. Ultimate Spider-Man began in, what, 2000 or something? Oh, dude, it was ages ago. It was, was right uh, around Heroes Bendis. Reborn, so. I like Bendis. You may not know this, but Brian Michael Bendis used to write a cartoon for, like, the Sunday magazine in Cleveland's Plain Dealer. And he left to go work at Marvel. Yeah, I, I really missed that cartoon when he left. I mean, ultimately, yeah. <laughs> did we get a lot better stuff out of him than yes. the uh, Sunday Magazine? I think we did. Yes, I think but did. the Sunday Magazine really went downhill. It did. It did. 
but yeah, man, I'm I'm psyched about this event. I'm really like I'm jazzed to see what's gonna yeah. happen. I mean, listen, if nothing else, and I know I already said if nothing else about the weird X Men futures, but mm-hmm. we are getting a comic book written by Garth Ennis about World War One flying aces fighting dinosaurs. I want that. Yeah, of course so, I want that. Listen, might it be a weird like New Fifty Two esque disaster? Sure, always a possibility. Okay. You know, it is, but Hickman is spearheading the whole thing. So I think it'll probably be amazing. Sure. Listen, I'm, listen I've got high hopes. I've got I high have hopes. Really about high that. hopes. Really high hopes. Now, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Speaking of New 52, DC also just announced that they are canceling a ton of books and launching another ton of books. Like, they're not getting rid of the <sighs> New 52 continuity. But what they're doing right. is they're introducing a bunch of books that are more – they seem more like they are direct competition for Marvel's – like the Marvel Now stuff. The more like mm-hmm. Hawkeye and She-Hulk and the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah, like the books that yeah. sort of allow themselves to be fun or more character-focused are yeah. less you know, existing as one chunk of a larger continuity and more just a good comic book. Right. No, I can dig it. Well, dude, I, uh, man, I, I super hope that works out. Oh, me too. Because honestly, I, I mean, I sort of fell off of reading DC a few years ago. The, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff that I did not necessarily love that they did. But, um, the, like, the new Black Canary book that just got announced was described mm-hmm. as, let's see, I wrote it down here, a badass kung fu rock and roll road trip. So... I'm into that. It sounds awesome. That's what I'm into. It sounds fantastic. So, yeah. DC is looking good. Marvel is looking weird and possibly good. Um, what else is going on in weird comic book news? Um, there, wasn't there another thing this week? We were supposed to move yeah, on yeah, yeah. to trying to make jokes about the Grammys, but I don't actually Let's, have to make yeah. good jokes about the Grammys. So yeah, forget that. It, oh, you know what, dude? Uh, Agent Carter. Agent Carter is so good. Um, guys, Agent if you're not Carter watching Agent Carter, so if you're not watching Agent Carter, you should be watching Agent Carter. First of all, first of all, because it's like a fantastic, um, it's just a great period piece, and I love a good, I love a good period piece. You know, like they really, I feel like they really nail it. They really get the feel in, and um, I actually didn't know that it was only supposed to be a limited series. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bummed out by that because I would absolutely keep watching it. Well, it exists sort but... of in between the. Like the first and second halves of the um, second season of Agents of Shield, it was meant to be sort of like an interstitial. So, oh, you know what that might mean? Then I could go either way on this. I think it would be super cool if a, like they they continued to do that, like in between like mid season breaks for Shield, they just kept doing Carter, or it would be also cool if they did kind of like a new like mini series like but you know what i'm saying oh like jump to the 60s and then jump to the 80s or yeah something. that'd be rad that would be pretty cool there i think there is talk of doing more episodes but it's anyways that dude, might just be a cool. weird rumor that i saw on twitter and they're doing a uh they're doing like a really killer job of um expanding the universe they're bringing in some like some really cool elements uh, leviathan yeah leviathan, leviathan from uh, secret warriors i was blown away yeah, dude. Like, when they threw in the Leviathan, I was just like, are you serious? Leviathan is going to get on this. I was over the moon. I was... Uh, sorry, but one I shouldn't let a, like, British TV show. Mm-hmm. TV show? TV shows recently. Um, <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> so, like... Okay, you know this, Matt. But when it's because I teach theater, right? Uh-huh. I, uh, I'm a little bit of a mimic. And so, like, when I, when I talk to people... Or I hear people like pretty frequently. I will start to inadvertently like throw their slang or like accent in, but it sounds a little ridiculous. Sure. And so I have to fight to like not throw in stuff. Like I was about to say, like I'm absolutely chuffed about it, which is like the Britishest thing. And then thing you I realize that that would, you can say right. Yeah, it's it's not the thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. I'm absolutely chuffed about. It. I think it's uh, I they Leviathan. They brought Leviathan in. Yeah, it's it's exciting. And what I think is very good about it is that since they're only doing eight episodes, it's not mm-hmm. like Shield where it has to sort of like fill a whole season. They can just sort of like get in, tell a story, 
and then right. get out. You know, it feels more. It sort of feels more connected to the movies than it does to the uh, the other TV show. Although that honestly might just be a uh, after effect of the fact that um, Haley Atwell's in it. Yeah, eh, you know, possibly, but. I tell you, dude. I think they're doing they're doing an absolutely killer job. Um, shoot, all of a sudden I can't remember the guy who's playing Howard Stark, but he is nailing it. Oh, I don't remember his name either. The dude from I think he was in Mad Men at some point. Maybe, but he is doing I like a he's just doing a bang up job. Oh no no no! Sorry, I'm wrong. I think the guy who played Howard Stark in that like recording. In Iron Man Two, I think that guy was in. Oh Mad yeah, Man. I'm fairly. I think that guy was in Mad Men. Okay, Dave. Um, I'm having fun talking about comic we, books, but yeah. we need to keep moving. <laughs> um, real quick, Fifth Star uh, actually relates to Die Ranger specifically. Dave, this episode, episode twenty-two, the Great Secret Art of the Tiger, um, is the last episode in this big sort of overarching co-story that introduces him and gets him integrated into the rangers so he's gonna stick around that's nice but we have been dealing with a lot of co um uh, which is fine because listen i i complain about co but i'm i do have a certain fondness for him uh but i've been missing my daigo i've been missing my shoji and we are getting back into that stuff starting next week we're gonna sort of move back into the original main cast um and that's going to be great. So look forward to that. But right now, cool. we are going to take a break. We're watching episode 22, and we'll be right back with you. <gasps> okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode 22. Dave, what happened? Dude, a lot. A lot of stuff happened, actually. Um, yeah, this is, like I said, this is the last episode in this sort of like big story arc. So they are tying up a lot. Yeah, of man. Ends. There's there's just a ton of stuff happening. Uh, long story short, we do finally see the uh, Kiba Zord is what I'll call it because I don't remember what it's called. Uh, we, uh, it's called Wong Tiger. Thank you. We finally see Wong Tiger, which is the Kiba Zord, and uh, we see an end to the priestesses, and we get a little resolution on the Ko story, but not a ton, and then uh, that's it. Yep, that and seems, there's some cool yeah. new robot stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool new robot stuff. Okay, so as we start off this episode, like we do with a lot of the cliffhangers, basically, I think they just kept filming from the last week. Yeah, they did. Oh, wait, And actually, so it's still in the middle of the fight in the quarry. Two seconds, Matt. Before we actually even start the episode, I've got a beef. And this might actually be with the show. It might just be with, uh, what do you call it, TV Nihon, which is the version of the show that we watch. The okay, so we've been building, building, building to the to Wong Tiger, right? It's coming, right. guys. Here we go. The Kiba, you know, the new Kaiden beast is going to be born. Like it's going to be super rad. All of this stuff. Like this is like a multi-episode build. And TV Nihon shows us. They show it to us in the. Oh opening. no, that's no that that's not TV Nihon. That's those people just do the uh, the subtitles. What you're complaining about is there are scenes from the episode yeah. that get spliced into the uh, the opening theme song. Yeah, there's scenes from it. It's like so. It's this whole big. Yeah, no, build. that's that's Toei all the way. And that's that, just yeah. what they and do. And then you watch the episode, and they're like, "Oh, hey, by the way, guys, here it is. Like, here's all the cool stuff. You see the robot. You see it, and it's like person form, and you see it, and it's like joined up with the other Kaiden beasts form. Like, you see all three of those things in the opening sequence." And you know what the thing is? I only, I think they only do that on like big episodes. Normally they just give you the normal thing, but this is like a special treat. So they give you a special intro. Yeah. But they only do it on the episodes where they could be ruining something fun later yeah, on. I am. I might be making that up. Like, that might not be true, but that's what it feels I like. Am, I am surprised at how annoyed I was. Like, I did not. Oh, yeah. Not we almost expect... had to stop for you to go into a conniption. I did not expect. Uh, to be as irritated as I am about this. Okay, yeah, so having spoiled the episode, let's start the episode, Toei. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's try to catch up to the scenes that we have already seen. Jerks. Right. So, <laughs> we lead off, as I was mentioning earlier, 
back in the quarry. They're still in the middle of the fight that they ended the previous episode with. Yeah, it seems like they're good. Because normally there's like a recap episode. Or like that episode. Or like a little recap like blurb. They're like, last week on Die Ranger, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, none there of was that. a little bit of voiceover, but it was totally washed out by all the explosions. Because if you recall, the three main Goma commanders were in the process of beating the living tar out of the Die Rangers. Yeah, it actually took me a second to catch up. Because I normally kind of zone out during the rehash, you know? Because uh, I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. I've already seen this. But then it just started. I was like, oh, wait, just hold on. <laughs> Let me actually watch this. No, I have not seen this yet. Okay, can we just... Matt, sorry. This just makes me think of something. Sure. Why is there not a option? I'm sure there's like some contract thing or something, or it would just be a giant pain. But I wish there was an option on like Netflix or Hulu, any site really that encourages encourages you to like binge watch television, where it would automatically skip over the like the title sequence and the credits, and also skip over any like last week on blank, and also any next week on blank. Like I don't want to see that. Like, I don't care. Oh, you don't? See, I like seeing that. If I'm watching it, I like to sort of, like, take that moment to, like, reset. And in, especially with short episodes like this. Well, I don't mind. You know, it's like a 20-minute episode, and you get, like, that quick song. You know, there's a big dragon robot, and it's dancing around, and it's cool. And then I can sort of take that moment and stand up and walk around while it's playing in the other room. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, I get that. Uh... I don't mind. I don't mind like a last week on. I basically never want to see a next week on. Like I generally, just as a rule, I don't like that. But listen, man, if I'm watching Netflix and I'm sitting down to watch like, I don't know. Let's be really embarrassing about this. Like ten episodes of some show. I don't want to skip past the introduction every time. You know what I mean? Like I've settled in. Like I know what I'm doing. If I want to get up and use the restroom or whatever, like I'll just pause it. Like, I don't want to have to skip through the episode or the uh, the opening sequence every time. I don't want to have to skip through the credits. I just want to I just want to watch the show. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. There's no way that's ever going to happen because everybody nah, has to get that. their credits out there. Right. I mean, with Hulu Plus, you give them eight bucks a month and they still charge you to watch commercials. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, you know, they're totally worth if, it. If I can't get rid of, get out of that, then there's no way that you're going to be able to get out of watching the credits. Yeah, no, you, you're right. You're right. But I just okay. What's that? You can fast forward. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, anyways, it seemed like a recap. It wasn't. We just launched right into the episode, and as you said, Matt, the Goma commanders are just beating the living tar out of uh, out of the Rangers. Yeah, and I I miss what Shadam does, but. Uh, it's just some manner of explosion. Maybe a fire thing? Uh, it's uh, some sort of hell. It's like something hell. Yeah, they're all hell. something hell. Because then uh, Gara? No. What's her name? It is Gara. Yeah, dude. It's Gara. Okay, sorry. Uh, this is... I've also been watching... Okay. I've been watching Naruto. Okay. Which I'm like a tiny bit embarrassed to admit. Um... But it's wizard fights. It's just wizard fights. There's a lot of wizard fights going on. It's Dave, fun. Sorry. Can I be real with you for a second? Yeah, sure. We are eight minutes and 30 seconds into the portion of our review. We are three seconds into the episode. Okay. We need to get back to this episode. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay, so there's... Sorry, Gara is also a character on Naruto, so I was confused. Anyways, so... Uh, yeah, Shadam does something. Zydos does, I think, like Gust Hell, and then uh, Zydos does Lightning Hell or Thunder Hell or something like that. But anyways, long story short, they're just they're ruining the Rangers. Yeah, there's a lot of wind and fire and lightning, and they are getting blown up. They're all knocked over, and then Zydos looks at them and says, "Okay, now it's time to start finishing off. Starting with you." Points at the Kiba Ranger starts running across the quarry to attack him. Gets about halfway there when we see a Kamaru Boom. up on the ridge, pulls out his like noisemaker, blows into it, 
as per usual. Right. As not per usual, a dart flies out of it, yeah. hits Zydos in the shoulder, and then explodes, <laughs> knocking him to the ground. <laughs> And the other commanders are like, what are you even doing? And Akamaru's, this is like some straight up uh, like Joker style. He's like, nobody kills the Keeper Ranger but me. You guys back up. So he actually saves the Keeper Ranger so that he gets to kill him later. Right. Although he actually doesn't want to kill him, remember. He wants to turn him to the Goma. Right. But I feel like he doesn't want to, I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to admit that or something. To, no, that is other... his like weird secret plan. Yeah, uh, you know, whatevs. So anyways, but he does this, he rescues the rangers in that, or he rescues the Kiba ranger, in that time, the other rangers manage to get Ryu free, he aura changes, and then... And then you think they're going to fight, but what actually happens is they just like pull out their swords and their tempo rai rai balls, summon the kaiden beasts, and leave immediately. Okay, my only beef with that... Because that makes a ton of sense. Because, well, uh, Kaku, like, telepathy, telepathically telepathically contacts them and says, like, guys, you need to get out of here. Like, this is this Kaiden beast is about to be born, like, right now. Like, you yeah, need to Yeah, they are move. on a schedule. My only beef with this is that, like, the Goma commanders are running at them. They are easily no more than maybe, like, 20, 15, 20 feet away. And there is still time for the Rangers to, like... Pull out their guns, pull out their tempo ride red balls, summon the Kaiden beasts. The Kaiden beasts arrive, and then they jump on them. And the Goma commanders have not yet gotten over close enough to, like, hit them. Which is slightly ridiculous. I don't know, man. The only... Okay, let me try the headcanon this. Um... You know what? I think this is just going to become my standard answer for whenever this stuff doesn't make any sense at all. Is that it's an illusion and Daigo did it. Daigo made an illusion and now they're fine. Oh, that's good. Oh, wait. You know what? I think we already talked about this once. That I think we decided that like the Kaiden beasts have some sort of like uh, prescience. And so like they know maybe like when they're going to be summoned. And so like they start on their way out already. You know what I mean? That could be it. Because, yeah, they always seem like they are right behind, like, that building or mountain anytime you need to summon them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, uh, that's like, um, that's, there's something else that does that. There's, like, these horses in uh, the Thomas Covenant series, which is, like, a series of terrible novels. Sorry, Mark, our editor, loves them. I know a lot of people love them. I loathe them. Um, but the one cool thing is those like these horses that like telepathically bond with people and they like, they can like sense the future and they do exactly that. Like they will start running and then they will just show up whenever you need them. Cause like they already knew to be there. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. In the meantime, we are on my second note and 12 <laughs> minutes into this episode. So please, please. Can we talk about this episode? Dave? Yeah, there's there is a, lot, a lot to get. There's through. a lot of stuff going on in this episode. It reminds me of a lot of things. Uh, okay, so Ko. So the other Rangers. So Ko gets left behind because Ko doesn't have a Kaiden beast to take him right. away. He's like super bummed out about it. Also, he changes back to like his regular person form for some reason. And he's like whining about it. I think it's it. so this next shot looks a little less ridiculous. Because what Fair happens enough. is. That seems reasonable. Like. He is complaining about getting left behind. And he's like, oh, I wish I had a Kaiden beast. Byako sticks his head out from Ko's vest and says, hey, idiot, like, you almost do. That's where they're going right now, to go get your Kaiden beast. <laughs> like, maybe chill out like, a little I don't bit. know how you haven't picked up on this yet, but that is what is happening right now. Yeah. Um. So hold on. We're going to do my special, like, once-in-a-lifetime maneuver. He just holds onto the sword hilt. And then the sword flies away with him being dragged behind it. Yeah, which seems, I gotta be honest, maybe like a tiny bit of a waste of like a one-time ever special move that Yako well, Shinken has. not really, because after this, there will be the Kaiden Beast. Oh, and they, all right, fair enough. show up and take them away. Fair enough. So I think, honestly, they just put it in here because the writers were sitting around and thinking like, <laughs> okay, so then they all get on their Kaiden Beasts, and, and then they fly to the spot. And... And Ko. Okay, what about Ko? Mm. Well, I don't know. What about Ko? I don't know. Well, he he doesn't <laughs> have a Kaiden beast. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, well. Um, 
okay, maybe he gets on his special Dyranger motorcycle that we haven't seen in like 10 episodes. No, mm-hmm. no, he doesn't have one of those. No, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> so the sword flies once this time for no reason. Let's do it. <laughs> We do not have time in this episode to do anything like this. Okay. Um, later on, we will see that they do not have time for a lot of things in this yeah, episode. a lot of things. So, Ko flies away being, like, dragged along, or according, like, from what, it looks like initially, like, he's being dragged along, and then you just see him sort of, like, gently floating behind the sword, so who knows. But anyways, that's that's that. We cut away, and we jump to the Goma palace court and akamaru is about to meet with goma and we sometimes forget i know this is weird but like i sometimes don't think about the fact that akamaru is like a little kid despite the fact that he's like very supposed to very clearly supposed to be a little kid because mm-hmm. he's so like crazy and evil but he is super pissed off about that mask like he does like the ceremonial mask that we talked about last episode does not want anything to do with it and is like right. like a full on like tantrum about this stupid and mask. Some, and I wonder if the reason he doesn't want to be wearing the mask is because there is not a child sized mask, <laughs> and so he's like this little ten year old kid wearing like this full sized adult ceremonial demon mask. <laughs> yeah, he does not does not seem happy about it. Oh, so by the way, while he is kind of freaking out about that mask, we do see Goma the fifteenth. And I uh, remember last week, Matt, we were talking about the weird hands, like what's up with the nails and the gloves and everything. I think those are just supposed to be Goma hands because Goma the 15th also has like weird like glove claw hands. Yeah, maybe that's just the deal. So who knows? But anyways, Goma is there. He is playing Go against against himself, I guess, because there's nobody else there. Dude, I don't know. Um, He says something weird. He like throws a bunch of Go pieces at Akamaru. And Akamaru's like, ah, that hurt. And Goma says it wouldn't have hurt if you had closed your eyes. I think I is think what he that's says. Tra- I think that's a translation error. I think basically what it's saying is like, your face wouldn't have gotten hurt by the stuff I threw at it if you were wearing the mask. Oh. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Let's go with that. Like, this is your strange, petty punishment for not going ar- along with this bizarre ceremonial thing. <laughs> that I insist on for no apparent reason. I hope that there really is a reason. Is there... Eh, don't tell me. I just hope that someday we find out that there is a, like a full-on reason for this thing. Anyways, so... Okay, so Goma is mad at Akamaru because yeah. Akamaru got in the way of Shadam's plans. He's like, what's and, up with that? like, let them rescue the Rear Ranger. And now they've all gotten away and the Kaiden Beast is probably going to be born. But Akamaru is like, no, this is part of the plan. I'm super close to getting him to join the Goma and he will bring the Kaiden Beast with him or something like that. And Goma the 15th is basically like, hmm, like he does it in his like weird voice. But the gist of what he says, as far as I can tell, is like, okay, like I can take that plan. But this is your one last chance, and if you fail, I will kill you. Right. Like, go for it. Good luck. But, like, I like your moxie, kid, but I I will straight up murder you. (laughs) I don't like your moxie that much. (laughs) Right. It will not save you a second time. Um, And then that's it. And we we just cut away. So... And Dave, what do we cut away to? Okay. Do Do you have this down in your notes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, Matt. So we okay. cut away, and it's just a dude, just a guy. It's a sunny day. He's got on like a hiking vest, and he pulls a little bait pet turtle out of his vest pocket, and he calls it yeah, candy. It's, uh... And then he pulls two more turtles out of his other vest pocket, and he like puts them in a little pond. And he's like, hey, guys, we're in a swamp. This is great. Go have fun. Basically, he imagine that he's <laughs> like uh, his vest. Think of it as though he's like John Popper from the Blues Travelers, but instead of it being full of harmonicas, mm-hmm. he just has a bunch of pockets full of little turtles. Yeah, except he has three turtles. There's more pockets than that. You don't know what's in That's them. That's true. I don't know that guy's life. Yeah, my notes literally just say this guy has pet turtles. I guess he seems nice. 
<laughs> he does seem nice. He does. He he's seems a, he's a tubby more, dude in overalls and glasses. He seems much more pleasant than, uh, you know, actually a lot of people we've met in the show. Just seems like a nice dude. Certainly does not deserve yeah. to go through what's about to happen to him. Which is nothing terrible, by the way. Just, like, weird. No, he's, this is just a dude having a weird day. It doesn't seem like it's a weird day for him. You know? Like, this seems like a fairly standard day for this dude. Well, okay. It's about to become a weird yeah, it's day about for him. To get, because things are what about to happens real is, weird. is he starts to see, like, weird lightning and smoke <laughs> and stuff from around the corner. Right. This is the... Uh... So, he looks over the ridge and he sees the Die Rangers and Kaku. And they're all clearly, like, meeting up and preparing. This is the place of the birth of the new Kaiden Beast. Yeah. They're preparing for the ritual. And he's just sort of looking on. Now, at this point, Ko shows up. And just sort of, like, wanders in behind him. Mm-hmm. Says, so like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? And the guy's like, like, dude, I don't even know. These guys are over there. Like, there's some floating. And, like, he, he freaks out a little bit. And Ko's like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a super secret ceremony, man. You probably should not watch this. Like, yeah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you get on out of here? <laughs> eh, <it's good laughs> and the guy who, who introduces himself as Cameo is his name. Yeah. Uh, does not need a whole lot of uh, encouragement. Like, he is entirely willing to leave. Yeah, he is ready to go. He runs away, sort of like stumbling down the hill as he goes. And goodbye, Cameo. I hope, I hope yeah. you had a nice day by the river. <laughs> so the Die Rangers are there. They're sitting with Kaku. Like, lightning is flashing. You know, all sorts of stuff is, like, going crazy. Kaku says, like, something, something about the chi. Then he says, do your best. To, to do what? Like, he's offered them no instruction. He just says, do your best. Well, in, in many situations like this, the Dire Rangers seem to instinctively know what to do. Um, sort of the same way that they instinctively knew how to use their Kaiden beasts and stuff. And so, I don't know, maybe they're going into some sort of, like, Dire Ranger trance. Because they all sort of, like, sit cross-legged, holding their Tempo Rai Rai balls in their hands. Then they all sort of levitate up. The Tempo Rai Rai Balls also levitate up above them. Yeah, it actually looks pretty cool. And then things start going nuts. Yeah, this is like full-on quickening style. Like, rocks are exploding, there's lightning bolts everywhere. There is a bit with like a fire tornado. Yeah! It's actually a little bit after this, but that does totally happen. And it is like, this is not a special effect fire tornado. Or no, it is is a special effect. Or no, it is it's a, a practical, practical effect, effect Sorry. fire tornado. This is just a legit tornado of fire that they made in the studio. It looks super, it looks super, super it cool. It looks really great. Yeah, it's I don't know awesome. how much it costs to create like a mini flame cyclone, it but actually, they Matt, did a good job. It actually does not take as much as you think. I have looked this up, and basically what you need is like something that will produce a jet of flame. Okay. Sure. And then start. and fans. You need like three fans. Okay. Yeah, and you just sort of angle the fans in like a sl- in like a triangle, but like, and basically they just create a tornado in the middle, and it works on fire. You can also do the same thing with like uh, like a really light cloth, and it looks super cool. Okay. Why were you? Why do you know how to make a fire tornado? Theater and LARP. Is the quick answer. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am glad the answer... I'm partially glad and partially disappointed that it is that mundane of an answer. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I mean, LARPing and being a theater teacher isn't totally mundane. But yeah, there was one time I was at a LARP event. And uh, long story short, somebody wanted like a, a bone, like a tiny bone for something. And I was like, oh, that's, okay. that's kind of a... You know, it was a role-playing thing. And so I was like, okay, just a minute. So I like go into the NPC shack, which is kind of where the staging ground from where we run the game from. And I'm like rustling around, and uh, and I just had that Beth and I had bought like a tiny glass bottle full of like tiny plastic wishbones. All right, for literally, I owned it for no other reason than I was at a craft shop. I saw it and I was like. That looks like it could be a cool art prop. And I just bought it. I had no plan for it. I just bought it, like, in case, you know? So <laughs> so I walk out, and I, you know, I, like, get into character, and I give the guy the thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, thank you. And then he sort of walks away. 
And then later, after the event, I was talking to him. He's like, why did you have a tiny wishbone just, like, on you? And I was like, dude, I, I run LARP. Like, this is not my first rodeo. Like, this is how this works. Like, you just you right, prepare like these step things one, in advance. Buy weird crap. Right, buy weird crap and find a use for it later. So anyway, sorry, that's why I know how to do that. <laughs> okay, so there's a flame tornado, there's an earthquake, there's a lot of cool special effects yeah. that I would recommend checking out if you're going to be watching the episode. Um, but. And then, after a sort of a final explosion, the wand tiger is born. Whoa, 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 Matt. Matt, I'm going to stop you. There's a big thing that you missed. We cut away in the middle of that scene out to like a shrine castle thing in the ocean or whatever. I don't know because I don't remember where it was. But we see Akamaru and he walks into this thing and there's like a woman chained up in front of like some sort of altar or something. And when you say chained up, this is not chained up like um, Akamaru was chained up in the guise of the little girl in the previous episodes. No, no, no. These are full she is on... Like, she's like wrapped in chains, yeah. and then, then those chains go from her like out to the walls. Yeah, she's going nowhere. Like, Where you go in? Nowhere. Nowhere. Uh, yeah. So she turns around, and it is Ko's mom. And she is chained. She is gagged. Yeah. She does not look like she's been having a good day, or as we were about to find out, a good six years. Yeah. Because apparently she has been the captive of the Goma. I think specifically of a Kamaru. Yeah, specifically a Kamaru. Years. Okay, this makes no sense. All right, because there's this like whole thing about like who's the Kiba Ranger? Is it Ko? We need to find out. Blah 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 blah. But then we just found out that Akamaru has had his mom, Ko's mom, kidnapped. For six years, which is as long as she's been away. So if he didn't know that she was Ko's mother and that he was destined to become the Keeper Ranger, why the heck did he kidnap this random woman? Like, this makes no sense. I have no idea. I, I could be wrong. It's possible that she has been gone six years doing other things and has only just now been captured by a Kamaru. But in any case, I mean, it's possible, he's got her. But he definitely has her. Okay. So once we have established that, then we jump back, fire tornado, lightning, 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 explosion, explosion, rocks flying everywhere, and then, Matt, and then. that, Then the Wan Tiger is born. And it's cool. It's a, I mean, it's a giant it's robot tiger. It's a giant robot tiger. tiger. Oh, is that not cool? Yeah, it's great. Uh, there's a cool bit where, like, since it is being born, it's really unsteady on its feet. Like, you know, like an animal that's just been born. Yeah. So, like, it gets up, and then it falls over, and then it gets up again, and it, like, runs around a bit and falls over. I actually, um, uh... Rin thinks this, this is adorable. It is. It actually is pretty cute. I actually, I denoted, I was like, oh, I'm glad that Wong Tiger is also kind of spazzy to start out with. <laughs> kind of matches up yeah. with Ko. And then, so Ko has been hiding in the bushes, waiting for this to happen. He changes into the Keeper Ranger, jumps out and says, like, aha, Wong Tiger, I'm here. Because he has to, according to Byako, like, tame the Wontai. Yeah, they have to, like, join, you know, join forces or whatever. Which I thought was a pretty neat, you know, like, the sort of bonding moment between them, right? Yeah, it was very cool. So it's sort of like a neat reminder that the Kaiden beasts are, not, like, creatures independent of the Dairy. Right, like, they're, they're not, not just, just robots. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he jumps up, starts, like, riding Wong Tiger around, and then, this is weird, Shoji jumps up and he's like, hey, what's the meaning of this? It's like, shit. Yeah, I've got that in my notes too. Shoji, like, what? Shoji is super upset that the Tiger Ranger just got into the Tiger Robot and rode away. And he's like, hey, you can't hog him. Like, what? What did you think you was going to happen? You can't take him away from us. Like, dude, Shoji, you have your own giant robot. Yeah. You've had it for 22 episodes. Like, I don't. Yeah. Or almost. Yeah. But he, and then. Uh, the other rangers say something about it. It's like, guys, what did you think the point of this was? Did you think you were going to get like a sixth one and it was just going to be for the five of you and you're going to go like sharesies on it? 
and the Kiba Ranger is just going to be like left chilling. I don't, I don't know what your plan. Right, is. you're going to sort of work out like you know, like every you know, you get visitation of the Wan Tiger every like you know Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then Shoji gets the keys on the weekends. Right, this was not like a, this is not a well thought out complaint on their part. <laughs> okay, so Ko jumps inside Wan Tiger, and we get like a. Basically, it's a demo scene. We're getting yeah, we to get find all out his stuff. what Tiger does. He has this sort of like sonic blast shout roar thing. Which is super he cool. He can transform into like a dude with a sword, sort of in the same way that Ruscio can transform into a dude with a staff. Right. Uh, oh, wait a minute. So, Matt, there is... This is totally a demo sequence. You're absolutely right. Who is he demonstrating all this stuff on, Matt? Well, at first, it's nobody. At first, he's just sort of running around, and we think, okay, he's running around and figuring this out. And then the camera cuts, and the ring priestess is there, already giant-sized. Yeah. She hasn't like, You know how we said earlier her. that they did not have time for things in this episode? We haven't seen her yet at in all. this episode. Nothing. We didn't see her grow. He just walks into a clearing, and there she is. And then they start fighting. Yeah, immediately. So I will say his like person, his like humanoid form, Wong Tigers, is pretty rad looking. I think it's actually probably cooler oh. than Museo's. It's a very cool design. Um, at one point, he does a thing where he shouts "Tiger Punch" and "Tiger Kick" as he's attacking. Yeah, but it's not like a special move. He's just was, punching and kicking. I was a little like, disappointed, <laughs> but then I, I remember he got a little overexcited. It's Ko. He's just yeah, he's psyched out. He's excited about it, right? Hey, I would be too. I got excited when I got a new station wagon. I can't imagine how happy I would be with a giant tiger robot. Okay, yeah, Matt, but it's not as though you ran around yelling like, station wagon punch, station wagon kick. <laughs> hey, man, you don't know that. Uh, well, okay, I don't I don't know that for sure. Oh, I guess it really would be, it would be Volvo punch, right? Yes, it would be. Okay. I guess. Actually, speaking of Volvo, if you are looking to uh, sponsor any podcasts, you let us know. You just let me know. You just let us know. We will plug Volvo on every episode of of this podcast forever. Just just hook us up. For the low, low price. Uh, no, not low, low. Just give me money. Yeah. Or a car. Whatever. Hi. I'm easy. I'm easy, Volvo. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Tiger Punch and Tiger Kick are just punches and kicks. Yes. But then he actually does have a secret technique as mentioned in the title of this episode. Right. Which... And the secret art of the tiger cub is this weird, like, roulette attack. Yeah. He's got these symbols behind him. Okay, yeah. That I don't know the content. I, I don't obviously think they put up... Uh, but it's, like, looping around. I don't around. think they put up subtitles for all of them. Yeah. But, yeah, he, like, he hits a button, and the light circles around on all of them and stops on one that is, like, the fire attack. Right. He pulls that, like, sigil ball out of the wall and, like, loads it into... I don't know, like a magic torpedo tube or something. I don't know. It's actually a tiger. And then one tiger does this giant, like, fire volcano blast attack. Yeah. So I imagine, and again, I should know this because I've seen Dire Ranger, but I don't remember. I imagine that the other ones on there do other things that we will continue to see for the rest of the series. Yeah, I would hope so. It does seem like having, like, a roulette attack is sort of questionable. You know what I mean? Like, what if they're fighting, like, a fire monster and it lands on the fireball blast? I have a sense that this never happens, just in theory. Okay, so he gets the firebolt off. It doesn't actually kill Ring Priestess. She does the same kind of summony thing that we saw her do last episode, where she, like, calls up her sisters and they all fight together. So all three of them are attacking Wong Tiger, who has lost his sword. Like, he had a sword when he transformed. Like, his tail turns into this, like, saber-looking sword, which is pretty cool. But then when he's getting attacked, it's gone now. We don't know where it went. Man, who knows? <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on. Like, I, I don't even have in my notes that he dropped it. No, you don't actually see it disappear. It's just he has it, and then he's being attacked, and then he doesn't have it. But, okay, so end result, it would have been better if he had it. It because Because he gets yeah. clocked. He gets hit so hard that Ko flies out of Wan Tiger 
and also gets knocked out of his aura changed form. And Wong Tiger. So he just lands in the woods as Ko. And Matt, Wong Tiger gets knocked out of humanoid form back into being a tiger. Yeah. So. You got hit so hard that you were a tiger now. Right. So he got hit. Okay. So Ko is just chilling in the woods trying to sort of like gather himself, right? Akamaru arrives in his like rickshaw thing. There's a second rickshaw behind him. We obviously, in a moment of dramatic irony, already know who's in that second rickshaw. Ko, of course, is still blindsided. There's some Beethoven, I think, playing in the background. Not totally sure. Oh, there's going to be a great music sting in a moment. Okay, because here's what happens. Akamaru jumps out and says, Ko, today is the day that I... Like, make you join the Goma. Like, Hops this out of is his it. rickshaw, walks over to the other rickshaw, pulls back the curtain, and in there is. Bum, bum, bum. I, guess, I think you've already already guessed. Yeah. Ko's mom. Well, like I said, dramatic irony, Matt. Dramatic irony is when the viewer is aware of something that the character in the play or show does not know. I, I know what dramatic irony is, Dave. Well, I don't know. I just thought it might be a moment of enlightenment for our viewers, Matt. Not everybody knows what that is. Listeners, that- whatever. Thanks, thanks, Dave. I'm an English teacher, Matt. Give me this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, moving on. So, in, in the conclusion of the dramatic irony... <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Akamaru throws back the curtain, and in there is Ko's mom. Right. We, we all knew Ko, all of course, is astonished. Oh, yeah. And he then is. we get this sort of, like, swelling music as their eyes meet, and Ko starts to run towards the rickshaw. And it's like slow motion, and the camera sort of fuzzes out, and it's going back and forth, and the music swells. And then, Kamru just jumps in between, and the music stops immediately. <laughs> right, He's like, hey, no, wait. Shoves him over. You don't get to have this great moment yet. You have to join the Goma first. Right. He's, so, Akamaru says, listen, if you want to be with your mom again... Just join the Goma. It's totally cool. To which my response is, or you could just fight Akamaru. And thankfully, Ko basically has the same reaction. He's like, what? No. And he just like yeah, shoves so Akamaru out of the way over. and grabs the rickshaw and runs away with his mom. Now, well, he unfortunately, tries. this doesn't really work because he didn't fight Akamaru first. He just decided to run. So Akamaru like shoots the rickshaw with this like red laser out of his finger. And Ko's mom just, like, lifts up and flies away. Yeah, it's a very weird sort of special attack, but that's what Akamaru does. And so she's just, like, gone, basically. Yeah, like, he tries to chase after her, but she's going too fast. Yeah. Akamaru catches up, and, like, you know, they start to scuffle. Right. So, like, they fight a little bit. We cut back. To Ryuseo and Wong Tiger. This is amazing. Wong Tiger jumps on. I'm sorry. Reverse that. Ryuseo jumps on Wong Tiger's back, like rides him like a horse, uses the staff that we see him use, like his staff, as like a lance, and just charges <laughs> the um, the three priest sisters. It is great. It's fantastic. And hits them hard. Hits them so hard, in fact, that there is like a shockwave earthquake. Yeah. Now, this is Important. good for Rusio and Wong Tiger. Right. It is bad for the Ring Priestesses. It is especially bad for Akamaru. Yeah. So he and Ko are sort of like scuffling. And then, like, basically, they get trapped in a rock slide. Ko manages to get out of the way. Out of the way. Akamaru, Akam- on the other hand, just gets crushed by a rock. Like a yeah, boulder. And it's, it's not like a boulder in the sense that like, it is a big rock that is like on his chest. It is a boulder like the size of the boulder that Indiana Jones has to run away from in uh, Raiders yeah, of the like Lost Ark. It is Dark. a full-on boulder, and it just crushes him. Like his face is bleeding, he's having trouble breathing, and Ko runs over and is like, hey... Like, what did you do with my mom? I need to go get her. And it's like shaking him. And Akamaru is like, he realizes that he's dying. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, spoiler alert, 
Akamaru is dying. Yeah. A small child gets crushed by a giant boulder and dies in this episode. Yeah, does that's not, just something you have to deal with. He's not coming back from this one, guys. Like, he's dead. Uh, and he uses his last breath to basically, like, curse his fate and co specifically. He's like, you will never see your mother again. I sent her away. You should have, like, she's abandoned you. And, like, deal with that pain and sorrow for the rest of your life. Ah. And then he dies. <laughs> and that's it. Like, Goodbye, Kamaru. You've been fun. Yeah. Okay, so following the crushing death of a Kamaru, <laughs> um, Ko <laughs> is crying, right? And I don't know if he's crying because he's, like, you know, had the trauma with his mother. Yeah. Like, seeing her and getting taken away. I don't know if it's because... You know, he's just a 10-year-old boy, and regardless of the fact that this dude is a villain, like, he just watched a guy get crushed to death, and that's got to be pretty jarring. Uh, probably a little column A, a little column B, <laughs> if we're so going to be honest. he starts to cry. Uh, Byako sticks his little hilty head out from the vest and says, Ko, you need to get over your sadness right now. Like, I'm not giving <laughs> hey. you any time to grieve. The- I need you to turn into a superhero, get in that big robot, and help them fight. Because in the meantime, the the, uh, the priestesses have gotten back up, and they are on the offensive. Yeah, and once on the United Offensive, the Ring Priestesses are actually doing a fair amount of damage. But Ko gets back in the fight. He jumps up on Wong Tiger. Wong Tiger transforms back into his human form. And then we see... I didn't catch the name of it. Oh, but... no. See, I wrote it down. It okay. was... It is what, if you watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you would probably know as the Tiger Thunder Zord, I think. But in Dire Ranger, it is called Kiba Dio. Okay, so they transform into Kiba Dio, and it is uh, Wong Tiger with all of the other Kaiden beasts except Ryuseo. Yeah, Ryuseo stays in his warrior form, right. and then the rest of them form a sort of Megazord thing around Wong Tiger. Yeah, well, much in the same way that they do with like Ryuseo. Yeah. Uh, except the only difference is in this case is that uh, the Phoenix Kaiden Beast is not like part of the, like part of, uh, what's it called again, Matt? Wong, Wong, Wong Rayo, whatever his name is. Uh, Kiba Dayo. Kiba Dayo. Sorry. It's not actually part of Kiba Dayo. She's like the weapon. Yeah. It's okay. This is great. Yeah. It's super so, great. And it's also super 90s, which is maybe the best the part about most it. most 90s. So here's how it looks. Like, basically, like, the the phoenix is on his arm, right? Like, the yeah. wings are sort of wrapped around the arm, and the beak is sticking out front like a blade. Yeah. And he shoves his hand out, and the phoenix flies off like a projectile weapon. And then is when the 90s hits, because the screen goes black. Oh, yeah. We see, like, this big spinning 3D laser grid that the Phoenix flies through, and then it hits the target and explodes, and it's great. I, I will I will get a picture of this for the uh, to put in the Twitter feed. You're going to love it. Yeah, it's amazing. And it, like, basically, it turns into, like, an energy blade phoenix thing it hits all three priestesses they go down and then it like comes back and like lands on kibadayo's arm as though he is like a falconer or something yeah it's It's, super cool it's great so then like uh ryuseo comes over and like Kiba, Dio, like, they shake hands, and it's like, yeah, yeah it's a, this it's is a great. giant robot handshake. Yeah, it's which is pretty cool. And then that's, that's, I mean, that's the end of the fight. And basically, it's the end of the episode. We get a little bit after this. Yeah. It cuts to Ko. He's, He's like alone. Sort of like down by the water. Sad. Thinking about his mom. Yeah. And there's a little voiceover, and it's like, don't be sad, Ko. Someday you will see your mom. And, and then, then he just, just starts running around and shouting mom. Yeah. As though she is around to the next corner and he's going to find her. Well, that's apparently how you find people in... But he's not. Go say Sentai Die Rangerverse. Um, yeah, so that's basically, that's the end. That's the and end that's of that it. episode. So, Dave. Matt. I'll tell you what. Let's do a sort of uh, grander scale highs and lows for this sort of arc 
of the introduction oh, of the call. Keeper Ranger. So what is your high point? My high point, Matt, is it's the uh, it's the introduction of Kibadayo. It's the giant robot. That's what I'm here for, Matt. I was here for the giant robot. I was super jazzed about it. It was just as good as I wanted it to be. There was like a giant phoenix that turned into like a laser blade hawk thing. It was rad. Yeah, I thought it that was, was super cool. Worth the wait? Oh, yeah, totally. Totally worth uh, the wait. Okay, so what was your low point of this arc? Mm. Ignoring, because I already complained about it, ignoring the fact that they spoiled the appearance of Wong Tiger in the opening of this episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Akamaru being Kasumi the whole time. I'm sticking with that one. I think it's going to be my low point for the whole arc, Matt. It yeah. was just, just real creepy. <laughs> So, okay, so my high point, I think my high point for this arc is going to be a Kamaru. Okay. Like, honestly, I was thinking about it as we were watching the show today, and thinking about how different the show is when he's on it. Oh, You know, like, how different the sort of uh, dynamic of the Goma are, and so forth. Like, he he added added something very cool to it. Yeah, he did. Like, he just seems, you know what it is? He seems way more, like, uh, villainous, I think, than the other Goma monsters and commanders. Like, they are, they're definitely the bad guys. But Akamaru is the only one who's, like, I don't know. He's got, like, a next level. Yeah, the other ones, like, they're bad guys. Like, they're definitely bad. But they're bad, like, um... Like, Cobra Commander is bad. Yeah. You know? Like, they're the like big, over-the-top, cartoonish bad guys who, like, come up with some crazy scheme every week. And, like, okay, they're a little less goofy than Cobra Commander, or at least cartoon version of Cobra Commander. Yeah. But... But even so. But a Kamaru is a lot more sort of, like, plotting and scheming. Um, and it's neat. It's neat to see the, you know, Shadaman, Gara, and Zaido sort of conflicted with other Goma. It was neat to get to explore yeah. like that end of this world and sort of see what they were up to. Yeah, yeah, that was super cool as well. Yeah, yeah, good call. Well, uh, how about your low point, Matt? I think my low point is that as cool as it was to sort of get an extended uh, exposure to like one monster or group of monsters with the three priestesses, mm-hmm. like we just haven't had a new monster it's like seven episodes. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, Matt, I actually had not even thought about it. That's just totally right. You know, like, especially with the last few, like, we only got the earring priestess and the necklace priestess as they would get some of his ghosts. It was just a lot of watching the ring priestess run around. And yeah. the ring priestess is, is cool. Like, you know, it was neat to have her there. But, but eventually. You know, I, I will be happy to see a new monster next week. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a really good point. Uh, all right, Matt. Well, that's no, man. I'm. I've yeah, spent so much time on this. I've, I'm kind of tapped out on it. Okay. Well, next week we'll get to start fresh. Um, uh, episode twenty three is a Daigo episode. I think Kuchiku's going to be back. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, but for now, that is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up here, I want to remind you, you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, talk to us, check out the pictures I put up. That's all on Twitter at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Tell whoever. Uh, yeah, tell strangers. We don't care. <laughs> um, Okay, so that's it. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.